Wakey, wakey, Iggy Biggy. Tis the Smart Coast Morning Show, blasting awesome sauce all over your interwebs. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Smodcast Morning Show. I'm one of your hosts today, Marty Yu, and I'm here with Giselle. Net. Net. Giselle Net. Hello, everybody. I'm a guest today, and I'm very happy to be here. Welcome back, Giselle. Thank you. If anyone wants to tweet in, oh, Bill will be joining us a little bit, too. He's just running a bit late. Emily is in New York, and... Um, Steve, I don't know where Steve is. Fuck Steve. Um, and thank you to Will Wilkins for getting us on every week. We really appreciate all the support from the Smodcast world. Uh, if you want to tweet in, that's at Nooner Dan Marty. Email us at noonerpodcast at gmail.com. And um, yeah, how are you doing this morning? I'm pretty good. I have a bowl of oatmeal with me, and I'm full of antioxidants. Yeah, that's blueberries. Mm-hmm. I think cinnamon has a little antioxidant. Oh, and cinnamon, yeah. I don't know. Sure, why I not? I try to jazz it up so that it don't taste like wet cardboard, but still it do taste a lot like wet cardboard. Do you put any sugar in it? Uh, no, uh, a banana, a little bit of banana to sweeten. Mm, I'll just take some brown sugar and butter, please. <laughs> You're going in the room. Ah, ah, sorry. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the, yeah, the, the computer that plays the music was... Still going on. Um, so anyhow, I've been, you know, I, I've been planning for a couple of weeks about talking about uh, the media. You know, basically we start off every show talking about something in the news. Um, and then, you know, just various things happened. Um, but uh, so I pushed it in the back to the back burner. And wouldn't you know it, John Oliver, a member of the media elite delivered a rant on the media this past Sunday. Do you, do you ever watch his show? I don't. It's quite excellent. Um, I recommend it to everybody. Um, I, I see that uh, quotes from him show up on the Reddit page, and I like Reddit, so mm-hmm. I go there, and so I, I know he's popular. Um, what did he say? I'm interested to hear what his rant was. Well, you can go on YouTube and uh, check it out yourself. This is this is, this is my rant. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want you to do, summarize for me. No, no, this is my rant. Oh, against John Oliver? No, no. It's, in, well, sort of in parallel with. Concurrent. Yes. I mean, my point was, before the internet and the 24-hour news cycle, human beings connected with the, the world of news through the nightly news and newspapers. And there was the news on and TV at 6 and 11. And, uh, and then you, the news you read came from one editorial source. And this had a few advantages. Um, because the, the print stream is, is driven by subscriptions and, and print advertising. They could basically print what they wanted. They had a sort of monopoly on it. You know, I mean, some, some cities have multiple newspapers. But by and large, you know, you find your newspaper, you sort of stick with it. And they could put what they wanted, and these journalists would, you know, that you'd have the front page story, but then you'd have all this filler in there. And then people would, you know, sit at their morning breakfasts, and they read the entire paper, you know, that my grandfather used to do it, cover to cover. And so they could have, like, depth to their reporting, and they could investigate things that wouldn't necessarily, you know, the minutia of government politics or bring focus to a human interest story that, that other people might, might not be interested in. Um, unless they read the story, you know, like they wouldn't actively seek it out. And so, you know, we, it was, it was like a curated document that had a wide variety of stories and, uh, and you couldn't, I mean, you could skip stories, but there would be story, you you know, did you have the same experience reading the paper growing up? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then in the 80s and 90s, things changed with uh, the cable news networks. And then all of a sudden, instead of two hours of news at 6 and 11, uh, they would have, you know, 24-hour news. And then at that point, you know, they have to fill all this stuff and, and attract eyeballs. And then the internet exploded. And the focus was then on clicks as opposed to substantive stories. Yeah. So uh, now, like, most of the news, and, and I'm totally guilty of this, is, is through things like Reddit or Huffington Post or uh, BuzzFeed. And these are, are sites that have, you know, they have some reporting, but for the most part, they get their stuff from other parts of the internet. So they'll link to a story in the New York Times or, this, you know, such and such. And, uh, and their, their uh, purpose is to get clicks and to get click-throughs and not to deliver a, a full paper that's full of rich stories. So you get these, these, um, these headlines on something like uh, Reddit, like, um, uh, I'm just looking at it right now, like Megan Kelly slams, shuts Bill O'Reilly down. And, um, and you know, the Ebola virus still has the upper hand. So it's like things that really like are trying to beg. Inflammatory. Yes. Yes. They're promising something more than what they are. Like, we barely recognize these characters at the Emmys. Like, or um, Chris Hardwick schools internet trolls. Ooh, I want to see how he does that. Yeah. But it's not actual any, actually any news. No. Uh, and, you know, they, since there's been the, the thing in Ferguson, they've just been putting just headline after headline of, you know, new audio allegedly captures moment Michael Brown was shot. Ooh, I want to click that and, and hear it. But yeah. you're not learning anything more. No, it's just keeping it all inflamed. And it's, um, yeah, this is really a big issue. It's not even anything, the Ferguson thing, uh, I don't know any of the facts. You know, yeah. I wasn't there and the inquiry is not complete. So I don't know what happened. But it, the truth is it don't even really touch my life. Right. It don't touch very many people's lives at all. And it's, yeah. But everybody get all upset and is grab their pitchfork and choose a position, this position or that position. And it's probably, you know, much more complicated than anybody know. And we haven't had any substantive news about the case right. since the, it's like the second day, yeah. you know, like, right. or, and so in the past week, it's just been protest, protest, protest. Yeah. And then, and then them highlighting the news, highlighting that the, these protests and, yeah. and saying either they're savages or they're being, uh, they're, they're being oppressed, you know. The, the fact that the whole entertainment and media model is built on getting and keeping viewers. The mission then is no longer reporting accurate news right. or analyzing issues right. in a creative and in-depth way uh, to educate the people. That's not the mission. The mission is to get views, keep the advertiser. Click-throughs. Click-throughs, get money. So the whole model is just designed to keep us watching. Keep, Don't click away. Where's your eyes going? Come back to the screen. And there's one solution that I think. Go on. Turn away. <laughs> just don't. In the, in the words of Lisa Simpson, just don't look. Just don't do other things. I know this is easier to say than to do. And I'm a big hypocrite because some things I do watch on the computer. Um, just a few. Just a few. Uh, I like some of this or that. But, 
take just a moment, take just a moment to look inside yourself and say, wait, am I really enjoying reading this? Do it make me happy? Do it teach me? Do, or is there something, would I rather do with my time to create or... How be, many Russian road vi rage videos do I need to see? And how yes. many parkour fails do I need to see? Yeah. Like, how is that going to make my day any better? That said, true. <laughs> but speaking of like... Like journalism. But wait, there is okay. one category. Mm. You can never watch enough cat videos. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say cat I, videos. I know. I, I Especially have to admit I love them. The cat with technology, you know. Cat, the, the, the cat in the shark suit riding yeah, yeah. around on the Moomba. The Roomba. 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 Yes, <laughs> that's, that's really funny. I can watch that over and over again. Me too. <laughs> Yesterday, they like, were... let's just do that for two hours, guys. All right, everybody, go to your computer. Look at the cats. <laughs> Yesterday, there was one of a little doggy come up to a little cat, and he scoop up the cat underneath with his nose and pick him up on his back and carry him out of the room on his back. Uh, that, I like that one. That is classic. Uh, but no, there is okay. there is a value to journalists. I'm not I'm not saying that you know we should that that we shouldn't have interesting news but it oh, has to yeah, be reported yeah. reported and 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 give some perspective on on the sides of the issue you know uh, a little bit of um thinking about it talking about it reasoning it not just blabbing the big headline right. and thanks to the internet i mean so i'm blaming the internet but also because of the internet we have lots of uh, smaller journalism uh, outlets that are doing really great work. Uh, a case in point would be ProPublica. They, they're mm -hmm. um, uh, a non-profit. They did a great story uh, last uh, earlier this month um, exposing one of these uh, veterans uh, uh, veterans uh, fundraising groups and, and as a sort of a tea party shell that they were doing illegal fundraising. And just it's not sexy. But it's so good to know that this is mm -hmm. happening out there and that somebody's reporting that. So I think um, some people like uh, Reason.com, they do some, some stuff, but you know, it's, it's a sort of a libertarian uh, source. Frontline, I think, does some great documentaries. Um, do, do you actually seek out any, any actual news sources? Uh, I mean, not actual news sources, but uh, alternative news sources. Not, uh, well, NPR. Yeah, yeah. So that's not so alternative. Right. Right, but the, I think for the most part, like they've had certainly had their uh, missteps in the past couple of years, but uh, for the most part, I find them pretty pretty great. Yeah. Um, wait, what the hell? I know there has been an apparition, a very handsome apparition. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. I'm so sorry, I'm late. It's I'm okay. So sorry. It's, it's nice so, to see so you here, sorry, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Bill is wearing a blue shirt, and that's a really good color on you. Oh, thank you. It's one of my favorite shirts. Yeah, it looks terrific. I'm having lunch with an old friend, and I want him to think I'm handsome. <laughs> you oh. fooled us. <laughs> you are thinking. handsome. Yes, into well, we he appears handsome. He appears right? handsome. <laughs> we know the real truth. <laughs> I, have, by the I way. have my moments. Uh, by the way, good morning, Jadelyn and Tyson and Darren. And Tyson and Darren, they man, man the Tumblr page. Uh, so if you want to go to TuesdaysMornings.tumblr.com. Uh, Yako's, I think, listening, and um, let's see. Better be. Yes, um, and then some people aren't listening, but they t tweeted it anyhow. <laughs> so, hi, Clay. There you um, go. Yeah, do you, do you, we were, I was just talking about the sort of alternative news sources, mm -hmm. and, um, and it's, it's empowering that the internet has so many different places to go, 
but it's just driven by by sensationalism and, and it's 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 overwhelming because you start blending the line between editorialism and opinion and news, and it's kind of hard to figure out right, which right. is which, and people are getting away with trying to be both or claiming to be both. And it's very hard for newspapers to compete because you know they have huge overheads, and so they've been, most of them have been slashing and slashing and slashing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that takes the hit is investigative journalism, which doesn't always make a lot of money and is very expensive to, to produce. So, because it takes a lot of time and a lot of man hours, mm-hmm. and um, with the, a decent chance that you're going to end up empty-handed, right? Right. Yeah. Your so, investigation will fall short. You've mm. invested all that in nothing. Yeah. So, I, I just urge everybody to um, seek out uh, news, actual news, interesting not stories. Not this show. Not this show. <laughs> like this show. This all we do is news. we just talk about what's what's. Uh, we talk about what's in the Huffington Post because right. so it's one more degree of sensationalism. I'm just pulling out the sexiest things I can see, on uh, and that's what we talk about on. Uh, oh, but boycott Burger King, done. Yes, done. I did that ages ago, but not for political reasons. What no, they I, do this time? Yeah, uh, they, take they, all their jobs to Canada. They are yeah. planning. They are pl- yeah. They are planning to buy the Canadian uh, donut chain called Tim Horton. Okay. And they're thinking of moving the headquarters to Canada. That will allow them to do some corporate thing called an inversion, but it means they pay a lot less taxes here in the United States. Well, from then the we also have to boycott films that uh, Sony VFX um, handles. I mean, we should. And we have to boycott like a we, lot of TV gonna, shows right, that are shot in Vancouver. And anything that's <laughs> that outsourced. Used to be shot here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, companies do this all the time, and this is a. This is great because it's drawing attention but I do to think, the I issue. Mean, I'm happy with boycotting Burger. No, I, I did. I did tweet out that it was the easiest like social stand I could ever take. You know, right. I'm just taking a stand. <laughs> ever um, since I read, and Tyson Vice does count as a news source. Vice is a, f- a fantastic. Um, uh, I've been hearing a nice lot outcome. of praise for them from people yeah. whose opinions I really respect. I uh, haven't come across them very often. You've got to go to the, the website. It started as a magazine, has a TV show, is that right? Um, well? well, they have a big YouTube presence, and they have a okay. TV show on HBO. And, uh, you know, they embedded with the ISIS soldiers for a while. So, like, you know, that's actually... That's investigative journalism. That's investigative journalism. And that was started by a Canadian. So, oh, well, then I'm boycotting it. Well, but he came to the U.S., so. Yay. Ah, <laughs> a, a refugee. Yes. Yeah, so, he's an illegal immigrant. He's an undocumented Political immigrant. asylum. Um, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Uh, hold on just Marty a just realized something technical. Um, I can vamp on how much I dislike NPR while you sort it out. You do? Why do you? Um, I do listen to it in spite of disliking it. Um, and most, it, and it's not, sadly, it's not content-based. Um, I'm actually frustrated from for a lot of technical reasons. Um, uh, our stream just went down for a second, um, but keep talking because we're recording. Um, they have, I, I think they, well, I guess part of it is content. I think they have a lot of really twee journalists who have very poor vocal quality. Oh, their voices and bother you. The, the voices bother me, and there's, there's just, um, there's a format that, Either they're instructed to, or they feel they have yes, to and they all adhere like, to, and mm-hmm. so it starts with some like st- irritating sound effect. Like, yeah, it starts with the sound effect, and then it goes. I'm here on the streets of Kabul. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, it sounds awful, right. and it's it's a it's a purely audio 
experience. So why are you using that fucking sound yeah, effect? Tell yeah. me you're in the streets of Kabul. I believe yeah. you. Or use something that isn't so sonically disturbing. You know what disturbs me is some of, and I am guilty of it too a little bit. Uh, the ladies these days have their sib- sil- yes. sibilant S's. Yes, s- that's absolutely. That's another and big one. And all the girls go, oh my God, you guys, I can't believe it. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> And yeah, that S, it get in my head and it drives me crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's um, there's also a cadence that seems to be that I hear on NPR more than I hear on other news stations. And a lot of the mainstream radio news are also yeah. way over the top and hard to listen yeah. to. Actually, when I do listen to terrestrial radio, I tend to listen to sports talk because I do like sports, but also because they're just talking. Yeah, uh, just it isn't, isn't so presentational. Yes. A lot of NPR can be falsely presentational. One thing in the streets of uh, I said uh, da da da. da. Yeah. Like, that doesn't sound like a human being. That sounds ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, there's two other things. Um, I don't listen to eighty nine point nine KCRW because they do a lot of music. And it's terrible. It's music that people my age are supposed to like. It's supposed to be radical and new and different and eclectic I, without being edgy because you're in your 40s and you don't I want to be to, upset. I have to agree with you. I have I never I've never clicked on it and heard music and gone, oh, that's great. I'm going to stay and listen. I'm always right. I click on it and go, okay, I can't relate. I'm clicking away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I don't, I don't listen to KCRW sorry, KCRW much at all. But, um, the and this is purely for the locals, but they've hired a gal. It's got to be somebody's niece or daughter, somebody who to do all the wraparounds on um, uh, KPCC. Mm-hmm. KPCC. They also all do that, which I, I hate. KPCC. Whatever. <laughs> um, and she has the poorest vocal quality of anybody on the air. It's like this program is brought to you by the thing. I'm thinking the thing. By the generous donations, of, it's like, oh, God, I am now not donating to any of those charities because, oh, no. because of you and your horrible voice and whatever backdoor shenanigans got you this job. Oh, no. <laughs> but one thing I do like uh, about uh, KPCC, I do like the youth that they have. They, mm. and, yes, and, well said. Um, they have, there are some shows that have people with positively quirky voices, you know, mm-hmm. like a high or squeaky. And I like that variety. So they're not all deep and resonant. And That's the, the mainstream terrestrial news stations are really hard to listen to for that because you can tell they're hiring people based on their ability to do something like yeah, that. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That has nothing to do with the news. Yeah. Well, if it has nothing to do with the news, why do you get mad when people speak oddly? Because I can't listen to it. Because my anger defines me. <laughs> because it it's a purely no. audio experience and I can't listen to it. Wow, so angry. I'm not angry at all. I'm stating facts. Yeah, in an angry way. This is, but we do. We sometimes... This is the least angry I've ever been on this show. Oh, yeah. Marty will see to it that you've yeah, yeah, angry. I, just, I was just like, no, I need more, more anger. Let's, <laughs> let's accuse him of You're being angry when he's him. not. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm trolling him. You are. Mm-hmm. And then he gets all upset when I get angry. Why are you getting so angry? Me, I can't say this. Now, I can't say oh, that. You shouldn't so say funny. this. You too. Unbelievable. You too. And he wonders why I'm late. Why were I you late? Don't care. No, I had a really hard time getting up this morning, and I didn't get a chance to get coffee or do my morning exercises or anything. So I apologize if you if did I'm not get time off. to take your exercises. Mm-mm. What kind of exercises do you do in the morning? I always do. Uh, it's nothing fancy, but I, I stretch my legs a little bit. I do fifteen push-ups, fifteen mountain climbers, which is like an ab crunch, 
Uh, I do standing ab crunch, like lifting your legs. No, mm-hmm. sitting. Can, can you do it now with your abscessed teeth or whatever? Uh, I couldn't do it for like a week, which is why I'm even more upset that I didn't do it because I'm way behind. Uh, it's basically it's basically push ups, stretching, and then a series of ab exercises because I'm yeah. super um, shallow and self conscious. Oh, you do it for the six pack. Mm-hmm. Oh, how yeah. is it working out? Uh, I have a bit of a, a belly. Because mm-hmm. um, I still drink beer and I, you know, I eat more healthy, but I'm also turning forty and I don't do like. Wait, wasn't your birthday this past week? Mm-hmm. Happy birthday! Thank Happy you. birthday! Thank you. What did you do for your birthday? Uh, I went to a very nice sushi meal and then I went to a very nice Dodgers game. Mm. That's fun. And so you turned thirty nine and you're gonna be forty. Turned forty one. Oh, you turned forty one. Yeah. Didn't you just say that you're almost forty? I thought I heard that too. No, I said in my forties. Oh, he's in his... Okay. Um, Which still is not fun to say. Well, it's all right. (laughs) You know, uh, I read something that said it's easier to keep up than to catch up. So it's good that you do a little bit of exercises because... Yeah, I try to do something every morning. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I I, I do yoga and I I have a gym in my building that I use for weights and and the um, treadmill and I try to ride my bike. This was a question last week that I guess we didn't get a good answer from you, but now we are. Yeah, you cut me off. But I didn't get upset about it. I didn't go quoting the rules of improv. It just wasn't that interesting. The rules of improv. Yeah, and yet we're doing it now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, guys, the computer is restarted. I don't know if we're streaming back on yet, but... uh, 20 seconds ago, it was still dead. um, Dead. Dead. All right. So thank you again, Will Wilkins, if you get us back on, because that was totally my fault. I need to... It has these automatic updates where it just start, it just restarts. And mm. Ooh, there's got to be a setting where you... Yeah, there's got to be, but that would require me looking that. at it. Um, so last night... Well, I don't know if we're... You oh, wait. we're back. Uh, thank you, and Will Wilkins. Yay! Back. Will Wilkins is the best. Um... Last night was the Emmys. The what? The the, the Emmys, which is short for Emmys. Emmys. <laughs> what is, what Emmys. Is, why are they called the Emmys? I don't know. It was really? a lady <laughs> named Emmy. Oh, Emmy Lee. <laughs> Emmy Lee. Uh, and they shortened it. Is this true? Yeah, it okay. was a lady named Emmy. That's the one who's standing there holding the big ball. She was actually a knitter. Oh. Not many many people notice, but what she's holding is a big ball of yarn. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, she was a knitter, big knitter, really big. And how did she come to be associated with television award season? Because the well, there's a whole knitting mafia. Not many people know this, but ladies. You know, this sounds completely made up. What? Only the knitting mafia part sounds that way because I believe believe everything you're saying, but it sounds totally made up. Anyway, she made. She was saying, "I want. I want to make a bunch of yarmulkes. I'm going to knit them." And she also did a sweater. And people said, "No, don't. You can't mix this yarn with a yarmulke." You know, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a whole thing. Um, and anyway, so she was forced out of knitting. But her cousin was big in television, and and one day. Uh, they was having a big family reunion and she was telling the story about how she was forced out of knitting and she grabbed this big ball of yarn, what she was going to make all these yarmulkes with, mm-hmm. and she hold it up and she say, they, they do this to me, you know, and so she was in the position. Right, right. And that's when the guy saw her and he say, I, I like that. So he just 
He kind of arbitrarily chose to name it after a family member. It wasn't really... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. Interesting. I never knew that. Did you really make that? You really made that all up? Well, uh, technically. Because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds made up. Te- technically, yeah, I made it up from okay. whole, whole cloth. God, I, th- I suspected as much. Only technically. <laughs> Emotionally, <laughs> right. it's, it's very it's real. It's very true to the heart of the matter. <laughs> well, apparently, according to Wikipedia, um, they originally wanted to call it the Ike. Um, the Academy founder, Sid Cassid, uh, wanted to call it the Ike, uh, the nickname for the television iconoscope tube. But because it was also the nickname of uh, President Eisenhower, they came up, somebody suggested uh, the Emmy um, in, term, in reference to the image orthicon tube used in early cameras. Jeez, and, a um, tech heads. And then they feminized it to Emmy to match the female statue. Though the yarn story the, is the far chick- more interesting. The female statue of the gal holding the ball of yarn. Yes, of the female statue holding the ball of yarn. Um, did you, I, I just don't give a shit about the Emmys. And it's terrible because like, TV is great. I love watching TV. None I watch of the a, shows that I love were won anything. I, I love... Uh, there's been some great TV out there. You know, you've got the Game of Thrones. You've got the... But you know, Breaking Bad one again. Modern Family one again. There's just not really any great surprises and... Jim, whatever from the nerd show one. What's that nerd show called? Banging. Bang, big <laughs> gang banging theory. Um, that you know. So it's just like everybody won again. So it's like no big surprises. So um, they had to justify his gazillion dollar contract. Uh, well, they the academy didn't have to. <laughs> Somebody did. Well, the, that was not. That's not the academy's responsibility. But if you looked at who he was up against, sure, why not? He's as good as anybody else, but uh, I actually I've never seen the show, and that's the other thing is I, none of the shows that that were nominated I, I watch really. Well, I do watch Modern Family, but it's not really a, very funny. Um, they bicker a lot. They do bicker a lot, and there's a lot of sticky stuff in there. But um, it's uh, sticky stuff. St- Parents, sticky stuff. This is sticky stuff. Do you remember that poem? No. Yeah. Go on. Uh, Keep going. That's the only part I remember. Lillian Jane Watson is saying that we're streaming, and have we heard from you? Do you do you, you should you should you should tweet at us more often? And Mary Jane Watson of of the girlfriend of Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider Man. Lillian Jane Watson. Oh. Yeah. Latest name. Um, but Hello, Lillian. And also the the awards were not that. I, I watched Seth Meyers's. He's not funny to me. Well. Yeah, it's I just think not funny. I think me. he is a funny guy. There's no question he's a funny guy. I just well, I'm questioning it. I I'm didn't just, enjoy him on Weekend Update. I really don't enjoy his animated superhero show. Um, yeah, I just don't know how you can um, be the head of <laughs> writing Saturday Night Live. And I mean, I'm sure he's a much funnier writer than he is a performer. That's probably is my guess. Because okay, that that might be fair. Because I'm I'm only thinking. Of I mean, he was nominated for an Emmy for writing the Golden. Oh, well, then he must be amazing. He must be hilarious. Um, but his his monologue was just not that funny. And I don't I don't enjoy him. His hosting the Emmys brought nothing new to the table for me. It didn't didn't make me any more likely to watch. Uh-huh. The only thing I did watch um, after the fact 
was Weird Al because I love Weird Al Yankovic. And even that wasn't very funny. I didn't even make it all the way through it. I stopped halfway through. Do you know, I'm not such a big fan of his. I don't mind him. But I must say, I'm so happy for him. He seemed to be having this renaissance. Mm-hmm. And everybody's really into him these days. Wait, who are we talking about? Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that he's happens fantastic. almost every time he I'm puts out a record. I'm just pleased for him. No, no, no. This is the first time he's had a number one album. Yeah, but he was play, he was everywhere when he did the uh, American Pie uh, Star Wars mashup. He was everywhere and touring big the venues. Thing is, when like, he did the Nirvana thing. I mean, when this, he this tours, bigger, he, he sells out everywhere. Like this, he's, yeah, like this, he's, this is bigger, yeah. but every almost every album has had some kind of Yeah, I mean, but success, this is... You know. oh. This is by far his... His biggest success, and it's well deserved. And, and I don't think he's the funniest guy, but he's true to his art. And, yeah, right? he's true to he's his consistent. art. He's remarkably he, consistent, and oh. he keep doing it. And I'm just happy for him. It make me happy to think of he must be happy. I saw but, him live at um, Toad's Place in New Haven. Yeah, we talked about that. The, um, Nirvana tour. Yeah, it smells like Nirvana. But um, didn't his? Didn't both of his parents die? He bought them a big, nice house because he's rich and. Uh, his parents died in a, in a gas leak in the house. Yeah. Died from a gas leak. That's yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. And that's, that's um, but, um, but back to the Emmys. <clears throat> <laughs> Why? For more complaining? Even for more complaining. Heartless. Like, I don't need to see Brian Cranston, who I love, and Julia Louise Dreyfus, who I love, making out, like, on so stage. So why are we talking about it? Because it's what's in the news. It's what Huffington Post uh, is telling you to you say. You can be a leader, Marty. You don't have to be a I follower. Know. But no, I do want to talk about it because... Okay. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it is part of our our business. It's the business I want to be more a part of. Like, you know. <laughs> well, that's an interesting question. Would you like the Emmys better if you was on them? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you? If you was winning an award or if you was nominated, then then you would be like, oh, the Emmys is great. I love the oh, Emmys. Yeah, totally. And they're very important. Mm-hmm. Oh, so important. Oh, so important. Yeah. My, my sister has two Emmys. Ooh, what I were don't, her two Emmys for? I don't know. Something. Um, something. But her documentaries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. She made, And she, oh, yeah. she has two Emmys and an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a Cable Ace Award, which is like a doorstop. <laughs> when you go to the family reunions and family get-togethers... <laughs> I feel small. <laughs> <laughs> and insignificant. Do you feel small and insignificant every year that the uh, award season rolls around and you're not involved? <laughs> and I'm not nominated. Yeah. Again. Or involved in a show that's oh nominated or involved in a show at all. <laughs> involved in a show at all. No. Even eligible for nomination. Yeah. Like, at, the, at the family gathering, they say, oh, here's Jessica. She have this Emmy and this Academy and the Golden Globe. And Marty make this nice picture what we have on the refrigerator. Here he drew it. When he it. was in fourth grade. When he was in fourth grade, he drew it by him own self. Hasn't brought anything to the table since. <laughs> like, they, uh, one time my agent called me up and said, do you want to be nominated for an NAACP Image Award? And I said, okay. And he goes, yeah, well, th- if you want to, this is for Veronica Mars. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it'll cost you like $300 or something like that. I'm like, well, fuck that. I'm not going to pay to be nominated. I have no idea how that worked. Oh, that can't be good for your soul. No, no. Um, that would make you feel bad. Yeah. It, well, also, yeah. Also, it was just such a small part. And it felt like, nah, I don't think. I'd rather have 
That wasn't the one to crusade for? No, it was not the one to crusade for. The one to crusade for was the, the one line I had off screen on uh, Parenthood. You know, that was, the, that was the role that made me. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I loved you in Chuck. Oh, thank you. Well, it was, Chuck was super fun. You took fun. that stereotype and you, you did something new with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you reinvented it. Mm-hmm. I've been up since 3.30 this morning, so I'm it's a little... By choice? Yeah, I had to work. I had to do some work. Oh, um, what kind of work? Well, it's just... Uh, well, I had the a... Indexing the book work? Well, I had a writing job this weekend, and it oh, set nice. everything back, so... Um, so I just had to get everything done. Um, so, okay, let's talk about the TV that we do like. Okay, so I watched the... First of all, everyone should see Legend of Korra. It's like one of the best animated shows uh, ever to be made. It's it's great. It's really good. Um, that finished up its third season, and it was and Henry Rollins did one of the voices, and he's the worst part of it. But <laughs> why aren't why are the Emmys uh, why why is animation segregated to its own set of awards? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There, there's been it's been a constant thing, you know, because The Simpsons has never won an Emmy. Yeah. Um, but. That's a really good question. Um, and the Annie's are the animation awards, right? The Annie's? I don't know. <laughs> I, think if you, I think if you're in animation and you win an Annie, you're pretty psyched about it. I just remember seeing the animation union building, and it's just like this tiny little like, shit shack in the middle of like, the, some side street in Hollywood. Just like <laughs> I like that term, a shit shack. Um, <laughs> But I also watched, uh, I rewatched the finale of Utopia. Mm. And. No one's going to know what you're talking about. Yes, Do, yeah, oh, we, we have a lot of listeners in the UK. And this is not the Utopia show that the reality show where people are in some land and they have to, to get along. Um, this is the show on Channel 4 in the UK, and it's a conspiracy BBC theory. 4? Oh, no, Channel 4. Right, right. Conspiracy show mm. about. Um, uh, population control, a big conspiracy. Spoiler alert. Oh, no, sorry. no, it's not. <laughs> Am I, I cannot be the only one who was rooting for Milner the whole time. Um, I think you might be. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you are, you are uh, Wilson Wilson, basically. You're like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. I'm, okay. I don't like that guy, but her ideas, yeah, they make sense to me. She, she so basically, the, what, is, what, was, what was her basic thing? That... <clears throat> I'm so sorry. That's gross. Uh, mm -hmm. The population is getting out of control. Resources is dwindling, dwindling. True. In a hundred years, it's going to be uh, just madness and, and chaos and violence as we fight and fight for resources. And the only solution is population control. And her idea is really great. Rather than doing that through uh, killing people, what if we just sterilize people so that they don't have so just many like babies? 90% of the population sterilized, just, then yeah. naturally the population will dwindle as not as many people as having babies. And but how do they decide who that 10% who gets sterilized? Just make it well, random. That's all, yeah. they, that's all different things in the, in the story who's deciding and how and if they decide. But ideally it would be random mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that you get a mix of people. Mm -hmm. But then who would who would do all the the lousy jobs? It would be. It who would make be, my t Who would make my my six pairs for three dollars? You know, socks. Your flip flops and my, your socks. Yeah. Who cleans the toilets? Yeah. Yeah. It would be a lot. Who of makes my I, iPhone six? There would not be enough people to make your iPhone six. Well, then that's bullshit. 
<laughs> that's I, no utopia. That's not. Yeah, that's that's hell on earth. <laughs> I'm on my iPhone six. <laughs> Did you know? I heard that the next generation of iPhone is going to cost eight hundred dollars. Well, it's got a. There's a rumor that it has a sapphire screen, which is what. Yeah, that's very hard to scratch. But anyhow, that's besides the point. Utopia. Yeah. So uh, the second series finished up. And by the way, tweet in if you saw it, liked it, or if you want us yeah. to shut up about it. Um, it finished up. Uh, that's at Nooner Dan Marty. Um, I, I thought the, se- the first season was better uh, overall in terms of writing and drama, but the second season still really good, worth watching. I enjoyed it. Where are you guys watching it? Don't ask, don't tell. Got it. Um, Darren corrected me. The Simpsons has won 31 Emmys, but I guess, but uh, they don't have like a, do they have a, anyhow, I could look it up. I don't care. Uh, But thank you for for correcting me on that. Um, The corrector. Um, So, but you saw, thought that I watched this, the finale again, and I did enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good. And it it, was really good. um, It's funny because you don't like, Many of the characters in the show, but you like the show. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's interesting because I—that's why I, some classic TV I have not been able to get my head around because I don't enjoy the characters. So even if the concept is fascinating, or the writing is very strong, or the acting is strong, I still—if there's no one that I can—we've talked about this in the show before. There's no one that I can sort of root for, get excited about, identify with. Um, and that's happened to me with Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Seinfeld. Like I. I know that it's funny, or I know that it's smart, or I know that it's new and original and different, groundbreaking, and I know the performances are strong, but I just can't care enough to come back. Yeah, I know. I completely agree, and usually I'm the same way. Just in this case, I was really uh, excited for the plot and this plan, this sterilization Hmm. plan, and see how it all turned out. So I hope they will have a third season. Yeah, I hope so, too. Um, Did it end in a cliffhanger? Yeah. Well, I mean, of sorts. It just, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It ends in a way that it could go on, and it is mm. interesting. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. Um, and did you? Did anyone watch the Inbetweeners? No, I did not see oh, it. It's an, another show. But they, the, the second movie just is, is coming out, I think. So BBC? Um, yeah, something like that. I don't know. Um, the new Doctor is not getting very well. Review. Oh, that's the other new thing, and the other TV. Uh, yeah, the new Doctor Who, and I decided after watching the first episode that I don't need to watch anymore. Wow! You know, nothing against Peter Capaldi; he's I fine. Absolutely love Peter Capaldi. He's great. He's great. But I just, I'm just like, it's a lot of running around and a lot of robots going. Burr, 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 burr. Well, and, yeah, that's Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. But I think. Um, I think uh, the the four seasons or so I watched, or whatever, however many that there have been, five seasons wow. or seven done. seasons, I guess. Done with I'm the done. Doctor. Yeah, yeah, I, and it was great. I thought that the the uh, the storylines with uh, you know Rory and whatever her name Amy is, Pond. Amy Pond, that that was great. Amy Pond. Um, but now I'm done, and you don't. You were never a fan, were you? No. Because you're an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's good. But uh, you have been watching any TV? Uh, um, not in. Uh, you know what I would really recommend? Uh, Charlie Brooker, who is a British satirist, 
Um, Speaking of making fun of the media. Yeah, he has a great six-part BBC series, I think it was from 2011 maybe, called How TV Ruined Your Life. Ooh. And it's really wonderful. And I love the part at the beginning. He explained what the episode is going to be about. And he said, tonight on TV, how TV ruined your life. And then he looked in the camera and he said, and don't say it didn't. It did. <laughs> it <laughs> he, totally did. He's a guy who uh, created Black Mirror. Which he, is a great show, yeah, and, sure. and the dead fan. set, and the dead and set. He's he's really smart. These things are he's so, so well big brained. I, he, I, oh, I, he's got to be so annoyingly awesome at a dinner party. You know, you couldn't win an argument with him. I would not be annoyed. I would be fascinated. <laughs> he, uh, he, the the episodes is really dense writing. Lot a lot of words. Smart, smart. You have to pay attention. But he just talk about how it has complete TV has completely changed our perception of reality. Make us more fearful. Make us have all these ideas of image, and we have to keep up and look a certain way. And uh, uh, we idealize youth, and we totally write off. Uh, the older people, all these different things are ideas yeah, about all, knowledge all and progress true. and love and. Now, did his did his original um, narrative works do anything to to combat that? Sure, I think they there are issues of that. I'm not I'm not familiar with his work, so I'm just curious if if he if he wrote conscious of this or if if in being in the TV world he sort of came to this conclusion. Yeah, no, all his shows are have have sort of like you know if you watch the Dead Set, it's all about how what bullshit. Reality TV is, mm, okay. mm. and uh, yeah, I'm just not familiar with his work. Yeah. So I was yeah, curious. Yeah, everybody should see the dead it. set. Um, and and the, there are parts of uh, Black Mirror that that are all yeah. He lot. he wrote the first episode of Black Mirror, which I thought was the best episode <laughs> with and the big fucker. Oh, that's amazing! Uh, about politics and media and mm. how uh, politics is totally steered by media. Anyway. Uh, it's fascinating stuff, and for me, it just make me. It really heightened my discernment before I sit down to let these messages into my brain, right. to really think about what am I letting into my brain? How is it changing my outlook? And if I don't watch TV and I just look at my life and the people I relate to live on a day-to-day basis, how can I be more compassionate? How can I be more of service in my own life? Mm-hmm. I think about that. Mm-hmm. I don't do anything about it, but I think about it. No, I'm Well, you're kidding. still better than the rest of us. <laughs> By I the way, t- TV definitely ruined my life, uh, courtesy of the montage. You know it did. What do now you mean? It, well, there, someone's like, oh, I need to learn karate so I can yes. take down this evil guy who killed my sister. And, then and you like, think it can be done like in the space 30 of a seconds, song. he knows karate. And i like, oh, I'll take German lessons after the third lesson. This is fucking impossible. This yeah. is impossible. I need a montage. I can't get the shit. Shit is hard. Yeah. Yeah. See, montages tell you that it's, it's easy and you can get there quickly and you just can't. Um, by the way, Hyper Canadian, he, uh, I believe it's a he, he wanted to give a shout out for us to give a shout out to Gab- Gabrielle and let her know that um, hap- happy National Dog Day. She lost her dog at the start of the summer. Oh. So, um, well, yeah. that's not a very happy National Dog Day for her, is it? Oh. <laughs> well, hopefully her dog is happy somewhere. In and uh, in the heaven you don't believe in. <laughs> in the, no. Oh, well, I would... Oh, I assumed... All right. Yeah, she lost her dog. Right. Because right, I thought that... Oh, like it ran away? Right, right. Got it. No, it sounds like she lost her dog. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, having a dog... Uh, losing a dog is, is a terrible thing. It is. It's a, it's a very, it's very... It, it's, um, 
one of the most emotional uh, things, you know, because people, I, I, f- I feel like I can, I can be at peace with them if, when then when I've lost them. Uh, but animals, it's just much, much more difficult. So I feel your pain, Gabrielle. You lose, you lose a lot. You go through, as yeah. someone who's so devoted um, to this species, you end up, you end up losing a lot. Obviously, yeah. your life is rich with their love, but, but it also means you're saying goodbye a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you lose an animal, do you keep, uh, Gabrielle, do you keep a picture around, I lost my cat, uh, and I was noticing the other day that when I look at her picture... I don't feel happy like, oh, I enjoyed my time with her. I just feel sad again how oh. much I miss her. And I have not taken the picture down. Because that's not necessarily a bad feeling to have. Oh, that's really interesting. It never occurred to me. That's right. I could just it be okay. I feel sad. Yeah. 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 I feel sad every time I think about my dog. Uh, the last <laughs> the last one. Jeez. I was going to say. Um, so many. Yeah, the last one who who left, and um, and it's good. I like that. I like that. Does the sadness m- make you feel connected to the dog? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and yeah. does it stay? Th- th- that emotion must evolve over time. Sure. A, a, not not that it would never be sad, but that that maybe the sense of appreciation might increase as the sadness decreases. That's kind of change over time, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Sure, absolutely. But then you know, it's a, it, there's. Uh, I mean, you can't chart it in a straight line, like be, right, right. It goes up and down. Harder, right, right. Times when it's easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my nieces, ju- they just lost their uh, their uh, first pet, and uh, how old are they? They're Your ten nieces? and thirteen. Oh, and so they're very at a very emotional time. So um, it's been it's it's interesting talking to them about it because they they definitely are dealing it, you know, it's a, it's a, I think that's why it's good to have a pet as a kid, you know, because you should, I think it's a valuable thing to go through. So everybody, everybody with kids, go give get them a pet a, and, get, and make sure it, it dies. <laughs> make sure it dies. Yeah. No, none of this parrot or turtle shit. You got to get them something with a short lifespan. It do give you a really deep sense of the full roundedness of life, the dark side of the sadness. And I think it helped you have compassion to yep. lose somebody that you love, something mm-hmm. that you love. It's fu- funny, like people who are, who just aren't interested in having pets. I I wonder, wonder about, about them. the depth qu- of their relationships yeah. with humans. Yeah, I just like what's what's really going on there. You know, if they if they're allergic, that's one thing. Or if they live in a small apartment, or if they're neat nicks, or if they're neat. Well, no, if they're neat nicks, then that's an, that's like really you'd rather you'd rather live in a so spec you're a free control house. freak. Yeah, yeah, got it, got okay. it. Okay, yeah. I will date someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you were talking about your accountant. And you, <laughs> that does, in my mind, that's what I was imagining. Actually, I'm going to date someone else. <laughs> Bill is actually dating his accountant. So right. It's a little weird that you brought that up. She <laughs> doesn't have a whole lot of work to do when it comes to my account. So we, we ended up. Just head talk, taking it further, yeah. Filling the, 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 the time. You just used a short form. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that sounds like some sort of a relationship euphemism. Yeah, we, we just, we're, we're taking the short form. I'm going to crunch your numbers. <laughs> um, by the way, it's very threatening. On the, on the show, uh, Dan Etheridge, uh, who's in Vancouver right now, he tweeted at me the the ice bucket challenge, and 
the the ALS thing, which by the way, last week when we we talked about it, he he did it in the middle of the show last week. Oh, um, he did. Yeah, and and I didn't respond because oh, I he challenged you. I yeah, think he did the challenge. Okay, well, then yeah, he yeah, yeah, I and then he sent me a video of him doing it. But then he did it, but he didn't call me out specifically. So he just said he just poured water, ice water on his head in the shower, uh, and but then at that point he can just call out a thousand people because mm-hmm. if he just sends them the video, I wanted to be called out on the video. I don't know if he oh I see. It to somebody else. But I think anyhow. you're just trying to get around it. Uh, no, no, no. I I don't actually. I mean, I think it's great. I think it's an amazing, amazingly. A creative thing that the, those guys created. Sadly, one of them passed away. Uh, really? Yeah. Um, of yeah, what? He had a boating accident. Or, oh, or, I assumed he, he, he died had some sort of accident. Of ALS. No, no, no. He he fell. I forget what it was, but it was some sort of physical accident. Where? Oh wow. Yeah. That's um, brutal. And uh, last week it, it was thirteen million dollars that it had raised, and now it's at forty-eight million dollars. That it has raised for ALS research, which is fantastic. It's yeah. great. So I did, and but I don't like the idea of bullying people to into doing it. And I, I've stopped watching videos. I just don't. Yeah, need to I just I don't like the um, narcissism of it. I mean, it's it's an absolutely genius idea because we're narcissistic. So whoever thought of it first was like, let's take advantage of the fact that people are so narcissistic. Right. But like, here's. Here's my chance to make a movie. Here's my chance to be on camera. Here's my chance to tell the world how it is. To make the front page of the Huffington Post. Don't care about you or your opinions. Well, also, I just think that people should find, if they have the money to spare, they should find causes that are meaningful for them to give to. Um, and ALS is certainly a, a, an important uh, thing to, to support or the, the research to, to What do you it. think of what Miley Cyrus do uh, at the Video Music Awards? Did you hear about it? I, a friend of mine who does an annual event for My Friend's Place, which is uh, uh, a charity, charity for local uh, homeless. LA homeless children, yeah. um, posted the video. And I clicked on it to watch it, and as soon as I saw Miley Cyrus, I was like, I can't fucking watch this. And I didn't watch it, because I can't stand her. Okay, so this is so what I missed I, out. This is what I know, and I just hear it secondhand from my friend, which is that she brought for her date to the awards a homeless teen. And when she win the award for wrecking her balls, uh, <laughs> she, get, she don't accept the award herself she send up the homeless teen and he say a little bit about I'm homeless and you can help and support this organization my friend's place and he give the web I guess and they have raised a lot of money yesterday I heard report $70,000 so she used this moment as a platform to draw attention to this charity and uh, I I think I kind of like the idea you know when people criticize celebrities for like pushing a cause and like they should just shut the fuck up and act or shut the fuck up and you know twer- twerk like absolutely if you have a platform <laughs> if if you have oh, Marty, a microphone you you're should cantankerous version of yourself telling Molly Cyrus to shut the fuck up and twerk it's priceless <laughs> you're welcome uh, i think you you should do it because you have people listening to you so why not you know they can take your what you have to say or not you know, like everybody who's popular does that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a politician, you talk about things that are meaningful to you. If you, if you're, uh, if you're a, a, a you know a, a writer, that's what you do. And if you're an actor, like, why not? 
Why not? It's pretty. It would be pretty interesting if all of a sudden, for the, when they win, these celebrities is just trotting up issue and person and spokesperson. I think it would be more interesting than just hearing a list of "I want to thank my manager" and mm-hmm. right, "Thank right. you to the academy." Right. Um, <laughs> is that what your speech would be if you won? Uh, my I want speech. I used to think if I ever would have the opportunity to win an award, I would say something like, "The following is a list of people who did not believe in me." <laughs> <laughs> Look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a long fucking list. <laughs> yeah, it would <laughs> roll across the floor. <laughs> long paper. <laughs> and you're just like yelling over the orchestra, I'm not gonna stop! I'm only at the bees! <laughs> um, back to the legend of Korra. I, Henry Rollins uh, was does one of the voices, and, and if you're not f- familiar with Henry Rollins, for a short period of time he was the lead singer of Singer of Black, Black Flag, Flag. Uh, who I went to go see when I was in high school on my moped, and then when I got there, it was canceled, and I was so bummed out because mm. um, there was no internet to tell me that it wasn't canceled. That was the saddest moped ride home. <laughs> yeah, we got pulled over by the police. Yeah, <laughs> that's the sound of a sad moped. <laughs> That's the sound of a moped with two people on it, which is what right. was the case. So you might as well have walked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. My friend Nick had to walk because we, the police pulled us over and said we couldn't have two people on a moped. What a terrible oh. day. Yeah. Is this after you found out the concert? Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's an awful day. So Henry Rollins. I mean, he got home before you, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he was, you know, the he had to walk. Yeah. And yeah, I got to ride in style on my my pook. Um, Henry He's Rollins, been in hot water for um, political statements recently, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he, he published last week a thing in the LA Weekly that was t- entitled Fuck Suicide uh, in response to Robin Williams. And he, he said, uh, basically saying like, if you're a parent, how dare you kill yourself? And what a what a selfish act! And I don't understand it. Blah blah blah. And you know he's a he's a ranter of sorts, and it just came off as like somebody who just doesn't understand mental illness at all, and just like, well, you know, just get over it. Like, but I would say it is extremely selfish to kill yourself if you're a parent. Oh uh, well, I think it's it's. Uh, what if your kids are adults? No, it. It's, but I, that says something about. I think about that the, it is facile to say that it is yeah. selfish to kill yourself. It's just facile. Yeah, you can make that argument, and certainly from one point of view, it does seem like okay, the person has taken the easy way out, and they leave a trail. I'm of not sadness. saying any of that. I'm saying you have a responsibility to your children. You brought them into this world. I think it says something about the the intensity and of mental illness yeah. that. Oh, no they, question. They do that. So I, I don't think it's, you should, it, you can say it's a selfish act or not. It, it, it was a, it, it was a, uh, the reason is not a part of the equation. Yeah, that's right. It's a different realm. They're, they're, they're not sitting there going, well, I'm feeling really no, bad, I but I'm, I have children. What should I do? I'm no, not saying, I'm, I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm not suggesting I look at the plus and the minuses. I just did a chart and, you know. <laughs> I did a Venn diagram. A Venn diagram. And there's <laughs> one more plus for suicide and, uh, you know. I don't think, I don't that. think that interpretation is inherent in, in, 
in in thinking it's worse if you're a parent and and factoring in the abandoning of the children that you brought into this world who had no choice. Well, when you say that, you're you're sort of condemning the people, the parents who commit suicide, and I don't think that is useful. I, I think the the more the bigger question is like what pushes somebody to the point where they commit suicide and how I think that's fair. I don't think I don't I mean I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I don't think I don't think by my thinking that it's worse or or somehow more selfish to abandon children um in in a moment of of whatever it is that you're going through. Um I don't think but that's a reason to not study it as or or respect it as a disease and one that needs to be studied and treated. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I don't think it's a zero sum game. Right, but but when you when you say something like like it's a selfish act, I mean, I think it, it is um, only in regards to children. Well, I think it. No, I think it's in, in regards to everybody who is in, You know, most people have at least one person in their life that who cares. I think alcoholism when you have kids is more selfish than. Well, again, is, that's an. So you're getting like when you get into dependency and, and mental illness, like these are things that I'm not saying you're weighing being a good po- father versus getting a good buzz. I'm not saying it's, it's no, as no. literal as that. Well, I just think there. I think there requires there's a degree self- of selflessness that's required if you're going to bring life into this world. Uh, that's but that's part of the gig. But it's not also part of the equation. Like they when people are having unprotected sex, you don't have to take a selflessness test, you know, like just, well, right. Right. I, I just think, you know, I don't children think that suffer. Makes, I don't think that children suffer when their less. parents have men- mental illness. That's probably a better way to think about it as opposed to parents are being actively being selfish towards their kids when they have mental illness. It's just okay. a, it's a sort of a semantic thing. Um, but anyhow, so he came. Henry Rollins came out uh, uh, with a very insensitive approach to Robin Williams' suicide, which is unfortunate because Robin Williams' daughter is does one of the voices on the Legend of Korra. Just, oh, really? Just started in, in this last episode. Wow! So it's a little bit touchy there. It's gonna be awkward around that water cooler. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then Rob Schneider came out. I don't know if you saw this. I saw I saw something about a backlash to him. I, w- I saw I saw a little more details in the Henry Rollins backlash. Deuce, but... Deuce Bigelow came out with uh, on Twitter with a, a he did several tweets saying that um, that because of the uh, the Parkinson's. Um, and the the medications he was taking, that's why he killed himself. And basically saying that... It was a lethal cocktail. Like, big pharma is killing 100,000 people mm. a year. What makes him believe that? Do we have he's evidence? crazy. No, he doesn't have evidence. Actually, the, I mean, suicidality for one of the... the uh, first of all, he doesn't know anything about the case. Right. He doesn't know what he's taking. and uh, the, And it's so insensitive of him to just come out and... Use that death as a platform. It's different from if you put yourself up Why there. do he even... What business of, is it of... What do you he, know, cause where he's, does he get the idea? He's like one of these conspiracy theorists who doesn't believe in vaccination. Oh, he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, now I'm seeing Deuce Bigelow in a whole different light. <laughs> By the way, if anybody wants to buy Deuce Bigelow 1 and 2, uh, <laughs> Giselle is selling it. Um, <laughs> European Gigolo, I believe, is the second one. And uh, I watched them both, and I really enjoyed them, but now I'm rethinking the whole thing. All right. Go, go on eBay if you want to buy these DVDs. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and so one of the, uh, the side effects is one of the main... Um, the levodopa, I think, is I forget what it's called. Um, Cinemet, I think, is is the 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 medication used to to help Parkinson's symptoms. Uh, but there is one of the things uh, is suicidality or uh, suicidal ideations. That's one of the side mm. effects. But it's not a a big thing, and I you know it's a it's a very very rare uh, side I mean, effect. I, I think there's also a long history of struggling with addiction and, and <laughs> I don't want to go so far as saying mental illness because I don't know his life personally but there was a, a public I struggle with absolutely addiction and he's, he's so talked about it a lot so and if you think about like okay well he's made a ton of jokes about suicide and we know he's been in rehab and then he, and then he has Parkinson's and so it's it's in, incredibly irresponsible for for rob schneider to take that stance and saying that's what killed him big mm-hmm. pharma killed him that's like that's what people it would be one so, thing to try to open the conversation which also i think would be a bit opportunistic right but that's not what he's trying to do he's making yeah. a he's making a firm statement and he's condemning yeah he's yeah. condemning an industry and he did he's not going in with an open mind and he he it's it's maddening it's maddening that that he uh that i talked about it (laughs) (laughs) he's the Westboro Baptist Church of uh, Robin Williams suicide damn it damn it damn it oh Rob Schneider ladies and gentlemen it's the top of the hour and this seems like a perfectly inappropriate time to remind you that you're listening to the Smodcast Morning Show on the Smodcast Internet Radio Networks that wasn't enough time Mario I thought that was plenty of time to do what to get the sound effect ready (laughs) I give up (laughs) I, I thought you had a nice tone of your voice as you just said it. It was soft oh. and... That's me making fun of radio personalities. <laughs> was, I, I liked it. I thought that you were, but I liked it anyway. <laughs> Michael Binhock makes a very good point. Ah, uh, Yeah, he does. Yeah. Do you want... Do you want... Uh, no, you go ahead. Okay, he says, selfish is when they kill the spouse and children before they commit suicide. That's right. That's... Absolutely. Okay, true. but that's also coming from a place of mental illness. So it's just yeah. degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's but I think you can Yes, but that's crazy crazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the degree. That's the degree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy crazy. That is actually uh if you look in the DM uh the uh whatever DSM the DSM five, that is uh crazy crazy is uh Cray cray <laughs> is, a, is a designation. So you're welcome. <clears throat> so what are we going to talk about in the second well, hour? Well, I will tell you something that happened to me yesterday. A friend of mine ago to have a, a colonoscopy Ooh. just to have a checkup. Mm-hmm. And he said... I've never had one. Have you had one? Uh, I, I don't think... No, I don't think I've had I've one. Never had one. No. No, you, you, you're you're supposed Why to get one when you're fifty. Yeah, so he just turned fifty. So it's coming. And Dan Etheridge has had one. Is he fifty? No, but he huh. he he 
has some risk factors, got it, or some issues. But he he was totally clean, and he's I believe he's talked about it on the show. If not, Whoops. sorry, Dan. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, Dan. It's out there now. Yeah. Uh, so my friends say, listen, uh, I'm I'm going to be dragged up for the procedure. Uh, will you come pick me up afterward to take mm-hmm. me home? I say, okay, sure, I will. So I go there into the clinic. Hello, I'm here to pick up my friend, and they say, okay, no problem, just sign here. They give me a a thing to sign that I'm picking him up. What they gave me to sign was the piece of paper that had the printout of all the pictures of his colonoscopy. Ugh. And she put it right in front of my face before I even have time to blink or, or say, well, and there's the pictures, bright, full color. It's pretty intense stuff. That seems really inappropriate. I thought so too. That's got to break some HIPAA law, you know? I thought so too. That has to break HIPAA law. It's breaking my own personal law. <laughs> lot of, law. Lot of broken laws. It was pretty intense. And I don't understand. I, I don't understand what it is you're signing off on. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, would, I would expect a, a, a legal document that said you were, you were taking responsibility for somebody right, who but wasn't there was no in, words had their full on it. faculties. There was no words. They just say sign at the X. They have put an, uh, huh. they drew a little X below these pictures. I guess so then they can say, well, this picture was approved by Giselle. Okay. Because <laughs> right. I had to have someone pick me up when I had a tooth removed. But it, and they were there when the doctor was explaining what had just happened because I was out of it. I don't even remember yeah. the conversation. Um, but she was signing off on some care suggestions and responsibilities for the remainder of the day and nothing to do with the tooth or the extraction or the details of the, of the procedure. That makes perfect sense. irrelevance. Yeah. I think, I'm thinking, what do you guys think? I'm thinking of calling up the clinic and trying, I, I will have to think about it ahead of time to, in a really friendly way, not combative, but just say to them, hey, maybe you can rethink this p- procedure and when you have me sign something, have it be an appropriate piece of paper yeah. that say I'm picking him up, but don't just shove the pictures right in my face. Or just ask them, even out of curiosity, I, I want to know why. why. Yeah. yeah, what was so thinking? All clear? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think actually I saw some things, even... even I, I could tell your layperson's eyes. Or yeah, just that, like, that, that ain't don't right. Look like it's supposed to be there. Uh-huh. And he said they they took a biopsy, and so whenever they take a biopsy, that means they saw something and they need to. They need to know what it is. Yeah. yeah. So we're waiting to hear, but he might have some problems. Mm. We, 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 we will find out. Well, um, be sure to tweet the photos. Yeah, yeah. So you, that you everyone knows. <laughs> Ooh. Exactly what it is we're talking about. Uh, I guess we've been having some stream issues. For once, it's not our fault. Uh, you mean your fault? Our fault. I speak to myself in the royal we. Okay. Um, I speak about myself. I just wanted to be clear that I don't do anything to help. So I therefore cannot be held accountable and for anything that goes the, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> those are the words, the wise words of Bill Watterson. I don't help out at all. I do nothing to help this program. Yeah, clearly. Um, Giselle, you are in the middle of writing something. Is that correct? Yes. Um, uh, my friend John uh, suggests to me that we write a, a movie about 
me. <laughs> so that's yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, it was John's fun. idea. Well, he hired the right gal. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he's, uh, so we've been writing it, and uh, just the other day, Marty, you read it, and you gave some great notes. Great notes. That's all I wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, what a good note giver Marty, Marty no, is. Marty, no, for real, you have a serious gift and a talent for this kind of uh, analysis and note giving. I, I um, cherish it. Oh, good. Well, it, I thought it was excellent. I can't wait to, to see the uh, the finished product. Do um, you and John have a pre-existing writing relationship? Or is this, uh, are you trying something new? Yeah, we have not really written together, but we've been in the same writing group and we critique okay. each other and enjoy each other's work. How... How do you guys do it? Scene by scene? Do you sit down eyeball to eyeball together and write everything together? Or do you do it in chapters? Does one of you put the, wheel, put the clay on the wheel and the other one uh, We've done a it? little bit of each. Um, we sat down and we discussed plot points mm -hmm. uh, so that we, we uh, sort of figured out the story arc. Then I went and did the bulk of the writing, but I would call him on the phone when I hit a snag. Mm -hmm. uh, then, for, then we got notes. Then for this next draft, uh, the past couple of days, we have been actually sitting together and saying, mm -hmm. okay, now let us write this new scene and fix this scene. Right. So, and how, how tightly outlined was it before you started typing? Not very tight. Exterior, day one, or whatever. Yeah, not, not so much. A uh, little bit, but then I had to throw it all out, and I just... You know, last week after the show, or two mm -hmm. weeks, the last time two I was here, yeah. whenever, afterward we was talking about writer's block. Yeah, we talked. To, I tried to bring it up uh, last week because I thought it was such a good conversation, and you oh. had so, much, so many good things to say. <laughs> oh, so so should we not bring it up because no, 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 it's already no, been discussed? No, no, no. We, we, no, please, go oh, on. I didn't do okay. a very good job of it. Oh, <laughs> now's your chance for he, redemption. He, he no, had, I'm just trying to set you up to say all the amazing he, things you said. Because I, I, I couldn't He had speaker's <laughs> block. Yeah. What, so I had gotten caught up in my mind uh, when, the, when, my, when the writing on this screenplay hit a snag. was because I got caught up in my mind of it need to be this and it need to... It need to have this effect on people and it need to have X, Y, Z result. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that when I start focusing on those aspects, then that really have a chilling effect because I start mm -hmm. not to trust my own creativity because I'm so worried analyzing, well, is this going to make people laugh? Is this going to uh, get into a film festival? I have to make it do this and do that. When... I just ignore all that and just focus on my own creativity and what makes me laugh, what I think is funny, mm -hmm. what do I want to say, what do I think would be fun to do in this movie. Then it can flow. It might not be good, but at least it's flowing. Right. And then once you have a flow, then you can go back and you can edit and play with it. But to, to keep that flow going, I have to be disciplined about not think about what it's supposed to be mm, or what that. I want the result to be. Mm -hmm. And I find that's a skill that I have to practice. I have to practice ignoring that and just tuning into my own flow. There's a lot. There's, I've been noticing a lot. It actually came through reading a book on acting, but I've noticed, or no, no, sorry, a book on directing actors. Um, but I've been noticing just the way my mind works is very result oriented. I'm very, I, I, I'm constantly trying to remind myself it's about the journey, not the destination, all those cliches. Um, 
as a as a director, I was noticing that I was doing all, very frequently. I'm given as an actor and and give results based direction, like or or I'm thinking about okay, so here this person is angry, which is a result, but it more you have to sort of pull it apart for, for to communicate to an actor and as an actor trying to break down a scene like i can't give myself results based direction like i go from angry here to being apologetic here it's like no i have to figure out what cues the anger verbs active ways of behaving that cue the anger um like give me an example like um Like if if you were like, say I had a scene with a woman and uh, yeah 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 and uh, <laughs> and I'm the pizza delivery guy um, and uh, ah, what is a good example I, I've been studying this and it's dense so it's I'm, I'm, I'm all right let me I, I think about that for a second let me just uh, jump in and say that we are back on um, we missed the top of the hour which was amazing amazing uh, I was only. 40 seconds behind on the chime sound and uh, <laughs> and also we are in the in the middle of a conversation about writer's block and work ethic and somehow that got to Bill talking about uh, scenes with a woman well it's about it's about being result oriented because she was saying that one of the things that gives her writer's block is thinking about what this what the movie she's writing needs to be what a scene needs to do versus just what being in touch with that flow of what do I like what what is my voice Um, and by the way, thank you, Will Wilkins, for getting us back on the stream. By the way, I'm not coming up with a good example. Um, Are you having thinker's block? I'm having thinker's block. I'm having I didn't get coffee or exercise this morning block. Mm. Um, can you come back to me? Yeah, I will come back to you. So, But what what oh. I was uh, what we were saying last time we were talking about it about ways to get out of it uh, one good way is to just uh, start to move your if you use a pen move your pen across the paper if you use a computer move your fingers on the keyboard get them moving typing something even if what you're saying is i don't know what to write i don't know what to write it, just let the words flow and get that flow started now how did you develop that uh, that Um, process? Did you? Did you? Did that come from within, or did you read a book, or did you? I don't remember. Uh -huh. I have a very bad memory, and I don't remember where it come from. Well, there's a, a very good book called "Writing Down the Bones." Yes, Natalie Goldberg. Yes, she's really good. That's a great book. Uh, there's also another book called "Bird by Bird," which is by N. N. Lamott. Lamott. Mm -hmm. That's also a really great writing book. Um, Stephen King's on writing is yeah. easy to digest, and there's always something there. Yeah. Also, David Mamet have some really good thoughts on writing. And I on directing. I hope they're better than his thoughts on acting. Oh, you didn't like that book? Stand there and say the words. It's like, uh, he's, he's a minimalist. It takes a little bit more than that. I'm glad he... Sometimes you need that. Sometimes that's all you need to hear, but sometimes it's like... I like... Uh, I, li I like. His, have you met him before? I, I, I have said... I have smiled at him across the room <laughs> on a number of occasions, but so far I have been unsuccessful at luring him to actually come over and say hello. <laughs> he's intimidated by you. <laughs> I think he's completely uninterested. Uh, but he's a f very good friend of a friend of mine, a uh, friend of ours, Marty. 
And so I see him on occasion when our paths cross that way. I'm glad he exists. I like his work. I think it's really interesting and it's very different than what a lot of other people do. That's so, for sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but I just remember standing at the computer thinking, I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. And then I do this trick. I start to write that. I start to actually type the words, I don't know what to write. And then I type the words, but if I did know what to write, it would probably be something like this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I trick myself into right. writing about it. And getting in the present. And and just letting something come out. Uh, I saw another thing was about motivation, and uh, and it was saying that we have this idea that before we move, we have to figure out what direction we're going to move in. Again, very results. Very results oriented, and we think you know we have to somehow pick from the three hundred and sixty degrees which direction, and it has to be the right one, and I have to figure it out before I take a step. But that's not actually the way it works. The way it works is take a step in any direction. It don't matter. And then you change and adjust and move as you go. Mm -hmm. But it's that taking the step, starting to write, letting words come out of you, even if they're the complete wrong words, get the flow started. Right, get the clay on the wheel. Yeah. I, I yeah. thought of um, something how it relates to the directing. It's not, it's not, I don't know if it's the ideal example, but for... For one example would be a director could say to a character, this woman, this woman is a bitch, so I want you to play her really bitchy. That's very results-oriented direction. Where you're, you're, and what that leads to is a representation of bitchiness, a presentation of bitchiness, and not actually being the thing. And instead, maybe he could say something like, this woman um, uh, want... Um, want uh, her house to be clean and it's always dirty always dirty everyone who comes in dirties it up and she spend all day cleaning it right. and everyone come in and dirty it up i think i think the example that he was using was which and that works great but i think it was something like this is the kind of woman that would throw a bucket of paint on her ex-boyfriend's car um and then the actor starts to think why would why would she do that well he must have been this or he must have done this wrong or he must have done it wrong in this way and then the actor starts to justify that behavior and then really embodies someone who would do that versus presenting the idea of bitchiness to an audience it's up to, to the audience to say she's a bitch not the actor not oh, the director yeah because yeah, yeah. the audience the, the actor has to be it right. and if you're judging it if you're if you're presenting it or if you're judging it as such then you're not just being it yeah you know, I saw if you're focusing on the result of the representation or presentation of bitchiness versus yeah. being the kind of person who would dump paint on an ex-boyfriend's car and finding a, a way to justify that and be true to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, then you're, it's again, it's 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 getting away from results and getting back into just that presence. Yeah, which is electric on camera and it's electric as a writer. Like yeah. you get you get yourself in the present by saying, "I do not know what to write." That is a fact of the present. Yeah, and you plug yourself into that present. And then you take it that extra step further with, but if I did, I would write. And you've, you've now tricked yourself into be, you, you've made yourself be present and then allowed yourself to say whatever you're feeling in that present yeah. moment. Sometimes I also phrase it like, I don't know what to write, but what I want to write is something like this. That's Not this, too. but something like this. And then I start and it, it didn't go. Uh, you know, thinking about that acting, I, I just saw the movie Chef with John mm. Favreau. Mm -hmm. 
I've heard mixed reviews. Do you I recommend it? I did not like it at all. No, okay. I found it predictable and I did not like it at all. But uh, Dustin Hoffman is have a role in there and he uh, his character is not the good guy. Mm-hmm. He's in a couple of scenes and he have to he do something that sort of make John Favreau very very upset. It's a pivotal things in the movie. And I was looking at Dustin Hoffman's acting just lovely, beautiful. And I think what you was just talking about, about how he justified that, this person that Dustin Hoffman was playing was not just a bad guy. I'm playing a, a bad guy. He was a yeah. human being right. with his own wants and desires. And he played really fully. I really enjoy his acting very mm-hmm. much. He, uh, I liked him in David Mamet's Buffalo 66. Ah, yes, yes. Or wait, no, that was the Buffalo... I don't what know. was the mammoth one about the coin in Providence? What? Speed the plow? No. Oh, I don't Because uh, it wasn't Buffalo 66, uh, the, the Vincent, Vincent Gallo. Gallo one. Yeah. yeah. Whatever happened to Vincent Gallo? Anybody? Anybody? I, I think see he won an Emmy last night. I see him down <laughs> at Blue Bottle Coffee every once in a while. How does he look? Uh, very Vincent Gallo-ish. How are his abs? Uh, he had closed shirt on, so I wasn't able to tell. But he seemed he seemed fit. You so gotta, very Vincent Galloish. So like an underfed American Jesus. Buffalo is yes. the name of the show. American Buffalo, thank you, is the mammoth the mammoth film. With, I uh, always like Vincent Gallo's work, and I wonder what he's working on these days. Did you see Brown Bunny? No. Mm. 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 Brown Bunny. Mm. Bunny or money? Bunny, bunny. Brown. That's bunny? the one with the unsimulated blowjob from Chloe Sevigny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what? That what? What? Really? There's a scene in the film where Vincent Gallo's, char- Vincent Gallo's character receives uh, oral sex from Chloe Sevigny's character, and it was they filmed it unsimulated. They filmed it, but uh, she just did she, it. She just did it. Mm-hmm. That's like that's like my friend's colonoscopy. You <laughs> that, 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 give me a picture. I have to sign off on it. I, I don't think I want to see it. Well, apparently... Well, you've been warned. The, yeah, the, <laughs> the rumor is that it wasn't actually Vincent Gallo, and that it was Chloe Sevigny's boyfriend. Uh, well, still. Mm-hmm. Weren't they dating at the time? Well, then I guess it was <laughs> Two birds, one stone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm getting paid for this. <laughs> Three stones. <laughs> so I mean, have you had but, problems writing the, the screenplay then? Have you had any writer's black? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. It, it go up and down. The last times, uh, more recently, it's been a better flow. But I'm telling you, anytime I start to think about what it should be, uh, then I get all locked up. Oh, this need to be good. This need to be good. Well, then forget about it. I can't move. And what, do you, what is your process? Like, how often do you write? Um, do you write every day? No, I don't write every day. Uh, I have to think about it a lot. So there are days, uh, if I don't be thinking about it, I get out of it and then I'm afraid to get back in. Oh, it's going to take so much to get mm-hmm. back in. I'm all over yeah. the place. Yeah, that's the worst. And then when you actually do sit down and write, how long do you write for? Um, couple of hours, uh, or sometimes. Well, uh, sometimes it's been eight hours in and out over the day, coming back, going to the computer, thinking, do the dishes, come back. You write at home? Yeah, yeah. Although yesterday I went to the library and it was m- much better. Mm. Boy, it's quiet over there. Nothing distract me. I rarely write well at home. I usually have to go somewhere. Yeah, I think I'm a convert. Central Library. I would think I was up in Studio City. 
Oh, the place in Moore Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moore Park and Whitsit. That's a nice, uh, nice. <laughs> by the way, this today's episode brought to you by the Los, <laughs> Los Angeles, Angeles Public, Public Library, Library System. system. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Central Library is I a really think, nice place to. You write. know, whenever I start to think and despair about humanity and mankind, I think about libraries. That's one of the best things we've ever done. I we, go to the Central. I just took out some Joan Didion and. Um, What's his name? John Fonte books at the library this yeah. past weekend. The library is the, library. the best thing we ever have done. Support your local library. I yeah, I go there because it's they have air conditioning. The, <laughs> for any of the reasons, they have air conditioning. They have storytelling for children. They have all the books and knowledge you could ever want. They have a copy machine only costs ten cents for a copy. They have outlets and tables and people and being so quiet and many, respectful. So much body odor there. It's so There's great. There's a lot of body odor at the yeah. public library. Yeah. Uh, at the central one, there was not a lot in Studio City. Central one, yeah. Central sure. and Santa Monica. The central yeah. one's near yeah. Skid Row. And Santa near Monica enough. has so many homeless people. Mm. So. How do you guys feel about patchouli? I hate, hate it. it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the smell you're wearing? Patchouli. <laughs> I don't. I really like it, but I don't wear it in public because I know it is really controversial. Polarizing. It's it like just, the cilantro of personal scent. Okay, but we got this soap. I got a soap that is half mint, half patchouli. Smell my hands. Do you smell it? Yes, only slightly. Because I, I, I washed it, my hands, but only yeah. slightly. It's. I mean, it's not offensive. I just don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, it just makes me think of Burning Man, and I have to say that I was there. I had a little gleeful reaction knowing that Burning Man was rained out for the first day, and it was too That's muddy cruel. for them to go. I felt like a, such a, such a jerk. <laughs> Why was you happy about that? Do you just, have lingering bitterness about uh, Burning just, Man? A bunch of filthy hippies. Who wants to be around a bunch of filthy hippies? Oh, I love being around hippies. It's so much fun. I was just up at the Oregon Country Fair. Oh, boy. That's true hippies. These are like these are like rich hippies. You know, like rich hippies who are just hippies for like one week a year, and they. Uh, they Faux hippies. Fippies. Fippies. <laughs> and they just, you know, they spent thousands of dollars on their, like, whatever, their little get up and, and you know, rides and whatever. I was talking to somebody things. about that, about Burning Man, who really wanted, who's tech. I have a lot of people tell me that I have to go. And you the truth to. is that I don't. You have to go. No, no, I don't no. want to. You and I'm not go. going to. So you, you have to go. It's not on my list. You have to go. Uh, and she was telling me I have to go because. That's, you know, you can really you can strip it all away and just be yourself. Why can't I'm you like, do that? I'm being myself right now, and I don't want to go, and I'm telling you that truth. <laughs> I don't want to go, because I'm being myself, you have to and go. I don't have a problem being myself and no, no, telling no. you that I don't fucking want to go. You have to go. <laughs> you should go. There was a time when I, don't I wanted have a problem. to go, but now I like, don't. I don't, I, don't I don't spend my days playing a character, putting on airs, and being something I'm not. And then I need to go to some weird festival to finally not be that thing. Right, right. Like, people, I don't live my life like, like that. Yeah. I live my life, my life in my own fucking shoes. I dated but a woman who, who beautiful. went... beautiful. <laughs> you know, I like what you just said. I live my life in my own fucking shoes. <laughs> T-shirt. Sounds way better yeah, when you say it. That's a great... I love it. Sounds way better when you say it. I was going to get a T-shirt that says, I'm trying to stay relevant. <laughs> That's that's results based. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> trying to stay relevant desperately. No, I dated a woman who very briefly who went to Burning Man every year, and she was saying that like you know like there like people like for one week a year like 
they're kind and giving and they're sharing with each other and it's amazing. And my reaction was, why can't you just do that every fucking day? Right. You know, why does it have to be a special day when you when you're not a selfish prick? You know. <laughs> so, um, so you know, I and I it also says that like when you're when you are selfish, otherwise it's a bad thing. I don't know. It just it just seems it's not my thing. And 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 I'm, I know Dan loves to go there. And so I don't want to shit on his thing or rain on his parade, but I rained on someone rained on their parade. I'm really glad that Burning Man exists. You've exactly. never, you've never been. I've never yeah, yeah, been. No, I'm, I'm fine with it. There existing. was a time when I really I wanted to go, but I did not go. But uh, and now I don't think I have so much that desire to go. But I'm really glad it exists. So you went to the Oregon Country Fair. The Oregon Country Fair, and that's- which is sort of like Burning Man, sort of like the Ren Fair. In the woods, people in dress the woods. up. It's a fairground proper with the stalls with delicious food and artisanal products, you know, wind chimes and, and handbags made from leather. That smell of patchouli? There was a lot of patchouli and a lot of marijuana. <laughs> lot of marijuana. Is that, is that part of your lifestyle? Uh, well, up in Oregon, it was pretty hard to avoid. <laughs> but what I really liked, it was a free-for-all. You can just dress how you want to dress. And one thing that I love what the hippies do is uh, everybody just wearing pretty much colorful pajamas, hmm. you know. And, Sounds and comfortable. Very comfortable, but also this outfit or that outfit in drag or not wearing clothing much. And, Which, and were there everyone, naked people? There was a few. There was one lady, I think I told you about this lady, was my favorite lady. Uh, she was middle-aged or maybe a little older, and she was all in tie-dye, matching tie-dye. She had a little cap on and a T-shirt and socks and shoes and underwear and no pants. Because she put on all her tie-dye and she look in the mirror, she get to the pants, but she don't have them on. And she look in the mirror and she said, mm, I like it. We stop here. Right. I think, I think we're done. Yeah. I think we're done. This is good. <laughs> so she just was walking around in this tie-dyed underwear. Just, just like Julianne Moore in, uh, what's that? Shortcuts. Um, shortcuts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what made you go? Uh, I had been invited to do some storytelling. Oh. So I was up there to tell some stories. They have all these stages. So it's a little more organized than Burning Man, maybe? Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it, it, there's a there's, central organization. And there's money being exchanged, correct? Yes, that's yeah. right. They, you, you purchase it's so amazing. food. And you don't have money in, in Burning Man. You just you just give and receive, and it just works. But you know, it's you guys uh, sort of ridiculing it. No, it's just me. People, <laughs> but for people who have not had that experience to go there and to see an intentional society, uh, as flamboyant as Burning Man is, that might be their first taste of hey, we can do something different than the model that TV shows me all the time. There is something else possible. Just even being awakened to the possibility of something that wasn't mm-hmm. beamed to you from the television, you know, or some, you know, just something different. I think it's very valuable. You, you have to go. I'm not going. <laughs> you don't have to go. But I don't like the desert. I don't want to be uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah, the other yeah, thing is, fine. I just don't, don't want to be around, you know, just sweating and the dust. And I have the feeling that there's going to be a lot of shitty music, and bad art. I did, I'm not going. It's okay. I don't blame you. Thank you. Did you um? Was there uh, was the organ fair near a river? See that I like being around a river. There was there was a a, a small river creek. Uh, it 
We were not involved with the creek very much, but it did <laughs> run alongside the fairgrounds. Involved with the creek. <laughs> some, there was some art made. There was some little boats sailing or something. But it was just a lot of people. The cool thing about it is um, there's the fair that the public come to, but the, the fair is staffed and run and built by all volunteers, 10,000 hmm. volunteers. And wow. everybody is camping in the woods around the fairgrounds for the for the weekend of the fair and the week of building it. It sounds a little more family-oriented than yeah, Burning it's, Man. It's, uh, they don't have like a fuck, an orgy tent there or anything like that. That's the kind of stuff that it's like, well, I'm not going. Yeah, no, no, it's not, it, not nothing like that. It is, it is, the entertainment is family-friendly. There's children everywhere. And it uh, the fair is... Uh, has a central organizing committee and and is very well run and organized. The volunteers are on teams. It's really a, a beautiful creation. It's been going on for I think four decades. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a it's a really special creation. Oh well, um, are you going to go next year? I hope to. Yeah. I hope to. But only if they ask you. I would love to be invited back to go do some storytelling. If I if I don't get invited back and was just going to go as the public, it's a little bit far to go from LA to Oregon. Mm. Yeah, no. Just you, to attend. By the way, are you are you doing any storytelling events? I don't know if any listeners are are local, but do you do any storytelling events around town? Yes, I do. I have one coming up in September. I, I'm going to get you the date right now in Malibu. It's an it's a thing called Tales by the Sea, and um, I'm doing that in September. And I think it is the twenty eighth. Yes, September twenty eighth at four p.m. in Malibu at the Malibu Swim Club. It's called Tales by the Sea, and I'm telling a story. I will not be able to attend. I'm going to see the Pixies. Oh, oh where are they playing these at days? The Hollywood Bowl. Oh, oh, that will be fun. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna bring a picnic. Um, I don't know. We'll see. The picnicking is really fun. Yeah. Beforehand? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Or I'll probably eat. Oh, I read somebody was commenting online saying one of the most overrated things in the world is a picnic. And, and I thought to say, I thought about, I said, yeah, you know, they kind of have a point. You schlep all the food out there and you have to put the blanket down and unwrap all the Tupperware, take a couple of bites, wrap it all back up. I think that what I, do you I agree. Think? I I don't like eating outside. Um, like just I like sitting at a table. I don't like eating at a food truck standing up. You know, mm. I don't like um, eating on a blanket and you're all like you know twisted around. And but going to the bowl is really fun. I, I, by the way, if anybody comes to L.A., you should try to coordinate it where you can go to the Hollywood Bowl and see anything there, whatever's there, and there are always cheap seats to to sit in. Um, Totally worth it. It's a great LA experience, and you can uh, picnic there. But so in that case, I do it because you get to, you know, drink wine and and eat cheese. And who doesn't like doing that? I we uh, when we went to the Hollywood Bowl uh, recently to see naked people. Well, uh, just once uh-huh. there was naked one time. I saw hair. The play uh-huh. was really great. But we we bring a little bit of a, some snacks to eat at the picnic tables, and so we walk around. What I liked was getting to see all the other people who was picnicking. Some of them have really fancy baskets, and the wine glass fit 
in with the fork and it's, you right, know, right, right, right. and they have fancy, beautiful food. That they got from Sky Mall, the, all the picnic uh, basket. Oh, honey, this looks great. It's a little cheese board that holds your wine glass so you don't have to put it down. Yeah, they have all that fancy hamaker and schlemmer stuff. <laughs> you just wanted to say schlemmer. <laughs> I, I must say, I enjoyed it more than I expected to. <laughs> I'm sorry, go on. So, yeah, we came upon one uh, one scene and 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 I said to my friend, "Oh, let's let's see, let's have a picnic here so that we can watch this scene." And what it was, it was a guy and a lady, middle-aged, and they was on a date. You could just tell. And and he had he had brought the picnic. This is what I surmised because he seemed much more into it. There was candles set up and a tablecloth. He was wearing a nice pressed button-down shirt and he had nice jeans on what was pressed. I can't and, remember the last time I wore pressed clothes. So this made me think. <laughs> I saw that too and I thought, okay, this guy's really trying hard, which I feel for, but he's a little bit out of it, which I make fun of. <laughs> so on the one hand, I'm trying to be compassionate, but also I make fun. And so he, you can just tell, you know, he was talking a lot and gesturing and he have the candles and he's pouring her more wine and he's really into it. He was leaning forward toward her and she have her arms crossed across her stomach and was leaning back. And you could just tell. And I wanted to say to him, hey, buddy, she's not into it. I'm yeah, sorry. You iron your jeans it, yeah. for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Just enjoy enjoy the musical. Enjoy the musical. <laughs> nothing more is going to happen. Oh, and, and she must be thinking, oh, we're not. The show doesn't start for another hour. Oh. <laughs> and she's just like, oh god, and this food sucks, and this wine is just piss water. Yeah. And he seemed like a type of guy just looking at his facial expressions and his gesturing. The type of guy who have a lot of opinions that he want to share and, very aggressively. And not a lot of empathy. No, I did not hear it. I did not see it in his face. Well, that's, an, that's why you go to the Hollywood Bowl, because it's a great place to people watch as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, you, you also saw a, another couple there. Oh, yes. We saw another couple. This was... Oh, goodness gracious. It was one of these. You, you Very bring, much an L.A. scene. You're bringing out all my judgmental. Oh, no. This, that's what this show is all about. I'm trying to be peaceful, loving, hippie, snow pants. And then I'm saying, oh, this guy. <laughs> so this guy, he was. <laughs> by the way, there, it's a big scene. The parking is a big issue there. And so there's a hierarchy to where you can park. And like some places are super expensive. And then all these lots, you know. Is that oh. called a higher parky? Oh, <laughs> boy. Um, wait, I, I'm sorry. So wait, 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 wait. Oh. Sorry. Comedy jail? Uh, no, th- this is what uh, would have happened 20 seconds ago had I been DJ uh, Jam Master James. Uh, it would be... See, I can't even do it now. Yeah, that's comedy jail. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's right. We used to call it comedy jail. Comedy jail. Can I just say that English was not my first language? <laughs> <laughs> Which makes that joke even more impressive. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, so this guy, he was 65 if he was a day. And he was one of these guys, he had the matte black hair, which is the dead giveaway that he dyed his hair black, mm. which I always think is so sad. Dyed hair on a man. I'm so judgmental. Oh, don't bring it out. Anyway, then he's wearing one of these Tommy Bahama 
shirts. It's like his dress shirt, Matome Bahama. And you can just tell he's a rich guy. From just the way he held himself, he have a big thick watch on his hairy, hairy forearms. Rich people are hairy. <laughs> and they have on a, a pinky ring. So he's got money but no class. Money, money but, but no not taste. a lot of taste. Yeah. And they have a little bit bad posture and a poochy belly. So he's an older guy with money. Right, and that fuzzy, fuzzy arm was wrapped around the waist of a young lady who was not older than twenty-five, and she was beautiful. She was tall and have a perfect figure, and she wearing a slinky dress, all tight and high heel shoes. She tottering along, and again, I'm looking at her body language and her face, and in my mind, I'm thinking, she is shivering with disgust every time <laughs> he put his hand on her, and he was putting his hand on her in a really uh, possessive way, sliding down her hip, and I'm just thinking, How, what does she get out of this? What does she think she's getting out of this? A Ferrari. Is she getting money? Sure. Maybe not indirect funds. Gifts. 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 A lifestyle. A lifestyle. lifestyle. Access. Yeah. Um, talk yeah. right in the And, and that, that's yeah. worth it to her? To have his hairy, pinky ring hand sliding up and down her waist? For some, some people. Some people just don't want to work. Or they work. She's working. <laughs> Is there any way that I could have come up to them and done some research Asking them. I, d I did not because I could not think of a way. But can you ever come up and say, listen, I need for the two of you to explain what's going on <laughs> This is you my... You can do it. Wait, what if he said, this is my daughter? <gasps> well, that don't explain the hand on the hip oh, yeah. sliding yeah, in that yeah. greasy way. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the heart loves what the heart loves. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> it's bogus. But See, it's I, no, I'm, I'm going to say that maybe they have, like, maybe they're shallow people who, who for them, they're getting all their needs met. I and shouldn't say shallow know, not people. Not shallow, but yeah, the, I think they're getting are, at something. Yeah, yeah. I should have compassion for them and not be judgmental because... But it's fun. It was. It was really fun. I say to my friend, look at that guy. I mean, if I were 65, super rich and single, I would just... I would ask, Purchase the lady of your well, dreams? Well, I wouldn't purchase the lady of my dreams, but I would be feel bold enough to approach the, uh, the girl of my dreams and uh, and... Feel yeah, and then be convinced at by my by her acceptance of me that it's because of me and not because I'm uh, driving a, a car that's worth more than a house. And she'll convince <laughs> herself that she loves your spirit and not your bank. right, right, and right, and not my my. We can all go on living our lives. Yeah, but yeah, it's interesting, and I, I love how how much it, it it bothered you. Oh yeah, I could not get it out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> those those hands, those hands, and that dyed black ah! hair. Do you have a picture? Did you sit? I did not take a picture. Oh, Ooh, oh the natives the dogs are getting are going, Yeah, they're getting crazy out here. Um, Bill, we don't have an update for you for the past week. What did you do for? Uh, what else did you get? Any good gifts for your birthday? Uh, I'm going camping this weekend to a mysterious destination that involves a seven-mile hike in the ocean. I don't know where. <gasps> 
Big Sur. Are you backpacking? I don't know. Are you backpacking? A little bit. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. Yeah. But I don't know where I'm going. That's the whole thing. And it's a surprise. Do you have backpacking equipment? Uh, enough. Uh-huh. And, um, and so you're just getting led and, and mm-hmm. oh, that, that'll be fun. That'll yeah. be awesome. I got to get in shape because the, uh, the amount of traveling I did this summer and then the Surgery in the mouth. I have not been exercising. Yeah, also. seven miles with a pack is no big deal. Oof, I don't know about that. Um, now, when was the last time you went backpacking? I was thirteen. <laughs> really? Probably. So you haven't done it? Oh, well, Giselle and I have done some backpacking. Oh yeah, together. yeah. We Where'd we, you guys go? Uh, Matilaha Creek. Yeah. Matilaha, Matiliha. Yeah. Where is that? I'm, I haven't heard it's of it. In, in up uh, above Ojai. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also somewhere else. Yeah, we did somewhere else, right? Well, we did went up to the the mountains. Uh, it, I have to say, it's a little. I'm less inclined to go backpacking this year because it's so dry. And like when I said I like rivers, like like we d- we don't like. There have been some amazing photos of how bad the drought is, mm-hmm. um, and it's it just would depress me to go mm. out there. Um, well, I'm not going to be depressed. No, well, and you'll be by the ocean, and the ocean is not drying up anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's going to get bigger and bigger, yeah, no, as a matter of fact. Um, is that a fact? Yeah, you know, because all the ice sheets are melting. Oh, right. Well, either way, we're going to die. <laughs> this is the takeaway. <laughs> um, that's today's message on, from this Modcast show. Uh, so please, enjoy that nugget of wisdom from Bill Watterson, who at the... The tender age of forty-one has such has that's what he's gleaned from his forty-one years on this earth. We're all gonna We're die. All gonna die. Um, <laughs> I hope you get that out before you go on the trip. Okay, you know, just just shed that, shed that. Uh, see what by, I can do. Go to Burning Man, and you'll feel so much better uh, about yourself. You know, you, you gotta go. I'm not gonna go. <laughs> um, I think we're gonna start. Uh, it's a little early. No mail sack this month. Oh shoot. Are we? Sorry, I'm, or whatever. I'm see. I've been up since three thirty, so I, I'm totally. Oh, shit, I could have gotten out of here. No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're. Um, hey, everybody. Guess what? We're gonna dip our hands. In the We're mail gonna sack. dip into the mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. Come on, get my hands in Oh my god, I'm so sorry about that, everybody. Uh, do we have mail? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't. Looked. We haven't dipped our hands all the way in yet. Great. Yeah, here we go. Um. Let's see. We only have one email. Oh, I can still get out of here early. Yeah, well, you can still get out of here early. Where do you have to go? Nah, nowhere. I just haven't had my coffee yet. Uh, so I have a raging headache. Oh, <laughs> oh you should, sorry If you wanted me. some, I could have given you coffee. I don't trust your coffee. Oh, your coffee is so strong, it ruined an entire day for me. Maybe that was... By keeping you up too much? Just by being so wired that like, I was like, I have to go to the gym, but I'm so tired, I should lie down. But I have a stomachache, but, what I, but I should be writing. Uh, just my whole day uh, was like lost. Yeah. That's how I feel every day. <laughs> uh, good morning, Murps. This is from Michael. Who, good morning, uh, Michael. Uh, who uh, lives in Germany. And good morning, campus. He had uh, that insight about... From what song? Uh, I'm Uncle Ernie and Tommy's holiday camp. It's from Tommy. Oh. Good morning, campus. I, I like Tommy. I love Tommy. You know what? Also, I love I love the soundtrack to Quadrophenia. Oh god, I love it's one of the greatest greatest things. Not not a great movie. It's, it's a fun movie, mm. but it's worth seeing. Yeah, worth seeing. But that soundtrack is amazing. Um, 
So Michael writes from Germany, Good morning, Merps. This week, Ghost Riders celebrates its 30th anniversary. I believe he means Ghostbusters. Yeah, I don't know. Ghost, maybe it's the 30th anniversary of Ghost Riders in the Sky. Um, no. he. I, you, you don't know? No, because it's W-R-I-T-E-R-S um, that he wrote. Yeah. Maybe you just can't spell. Yeah. Uh, when it came out in Germany, I was eight years old... Um, and the wall was still standing. What wall? Um, <laughs> I just saw uh, a trailer on, on West German TV, and Ocht. I was hooked. Ocht. He was Ocht years old. Um, it took me that long to count up to eight <laughs> in German. See? There's no fucking montage to get me there, is there? Oh, so Michael's... Uh, see, this is... I guess I should have known this, but Michael uh, lived in East Germany. So he, he saw a trailer on West German TV for Ghostbusters and was hooked. But he had to wait another six or seven years to watch it when the wall went down. Oh, um, that's interesting. Because it wasn't shown in East German cinemas, um, at least well, not where he lived. Uh, and he still loves it. That's a really, that's a really cool story. Yeah. And uh, I know that like my, um, my distant relatives, they, they live, um, or I guess um, this is like my mom's, very, very distant cousins, but they live like just outside of Hong Kong, so they could get all the Hong Kong's TV stations. And this is when communism was had a, a firmer control in in China. But they couldn't, you know, so they could receive all this culture, but they couldn't really dive into it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, oh my God, that dog is going to be shot. <laughs> um, so yeah, Ghostbusters. Did you did you guys enjoy it? I loved it as a kid. I loved it. I watched it four times in the theater, I think. Yeah. I had a blast. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I enjoyed it. I don't have the same ongoing reverence for it. I've never revisited uh, it. Yeah, no, nor have I. But I did enjoy it at the time very much. I just did a podcast on, on that movie for a, a different podcast. And, uh, no so, loyalty. So I watched it again. Um, and it, it is surprising how unfunny bill i mean dan Aykroyd is like he's really just there for exposition yeah he he stopped being funny when belushi died yeah yeah but you know he did write it or he co-wrote it um and so i'm I'm sure that and i think originally it took place in the future yeah i remember hearing the original concept it was way out there yeah well he's a way out there guy like he's in in his uh grandfather Used to try to tune radios in to ca- capture the the voices of of uh, ghosts. So he comes from a, a ghost hunting family. So it makes sense that he would write uh, write this uh, screenplay. But um, where do you remember where you were when you first saw it? Do you remember which theater? I think that I was in a movie theater. Hmm. Most... Was it the old mill? Uh, I don't know. You. I was in Hamburg. There. Ah. <laughs> I, Why do I keep falling. I saw it in Chicago, and uh, oh, home of uh, Bill Murray in the King south of side of Chicago. Yeah, and it was crazy because I was what fifteen, fourteen, and it was. Did you get in a fight with um, Bad Bad Leroy Brown? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh. But I was in. Um, but it was like we. I went with my sisters, and we were there just on our own without parents, and um, we were the only non-black people in the theater. And it was, and it was like you know, I grew up in a very predominantly white neighborhood, and to be all of a sudden in a super urban, like, uh, 
environment was just a, a huge culture shock. But it was, and just the yelling at the screen. Yeah, and it was different. just must have been so it's much different. fun. Oh, it was so much fun. I was, I was like, this is more entertaining than the movie. <laughs> like they're having their dialogue is better, and and I'm, I just, I, and it was just awesome. It was great. It was a great way to see a movie. That movie, you know, my my. My only specific Ghostbuster memory is I had a very good friend at the time, Chip Lackalade, who ended up moving, I think, to Chicago. I'm not sure. And we kept in touch writing letters, and then it just fell off because we're kids. And he, he had a younger sister who I'm starting to realize after the fact I probably had a crush on because I was sort of fascinated by her, but I wasn't really into girls yet. Um, and I remember she had seen the movie and was quoting lines from it, and I didn't get it at all. Like, the the whole line about, like, before Dick was here, turn off the power. Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Like she was quoting those lines, and I didn't get it. Like out of context, I didn't get it. And I was kind of. She was talking about dicks. It was a girl talking about dicks. I was kind of freaked out. Um, Bill is prudish. I'm prudish. Um, I also was in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. When you're allowed to be prudish. Are you really prudish? Mm-hmm. I am too. Thank you. I know. Finally, a I, consensus on the show. I, don't meet anyone who is everybody's uh, share it, talk about it, hear about it. I'm prudish. Yeah, no, I, 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 everything makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> and, me too. Anything below the waist, which is another reason why I'm not going to Burning Man. My friend calls it the swimsuit area. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. Too. I will be co-opting that for sure. Um, but that's my only. Specific memory of the time. Yeah. I know I saw the film. I know I saw it more than once. I know I did love it. But yeah, I, because it was irreverent in a PG kind of way. You mm-hmm. know, because we were talking about this man has no dick, and and we. I don't think at that age we had seen uh, jokes like that. You know, before. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, all right. Well, so that was the one. Email from the mail sack. Come on, guys, ramp it up. Ramp it up. Step well, up. Well, we could everybody. check our personal emails. <laughs> okay. Well, you you want to get something from you? You know. <laughs> I'll see what anyone have to say to me today. You know, I always love when I'm about to click on my emails because it's so fun to fantasize. This is when it's all gonna the change. News. The good news. You know, happy I, days are here again. I hate looking in the email because I always think is is it, it's going to be somebody saying, "Where is this thing that you were supposed to get to me?" You know. See, I don't have a job, so I don't have to worry about that. Hey, I've been having a nice email exchange. Can I do a plug for somebody? Please, please, absolutely. I've been having a nice email exchange with a nice young man named David Allen, and he's an artist. Uh, he do nature installations and photography. His uh, website is Stone Point Studio. Stone Point Studio. I think the website is stonepointstudio.com, but if you Google it, beautiful pictures of really neat uh, nature rocks arranged and this and that. It's really cool. I saw it on a website. I fell in love. I emailed the guy and said, I just love your work. So we've been corresponding. Really nice guy. Lovely. Yes, Don't Point Studio. Okay, that's a good plug. Check it out. Do you have any plugs? Um, I have 13 days to raise $70,000 for my movie or I have to start from scratch. Oh. (gasps) So I'm kind of stressed out. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I got a bunch of phone calls to make after this. Oh, I'm so sorry to to to, to hear that. Um, uh, well, I mean, I mean, no, we got we got the we got the partnership with the production company. We got all the actors signed on. We got the production designer, cinematographer, so, editor, composer. We're 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 
close. So we're close. Where should people send those checks to? Uh, it's at Bill Twatters. Yeah, it's Twitter sensor. It's a legal thing where oh. we need accredited investors and blah blah blah. Right, right. It's not a Kickstarter. It's not a. No, crowd, no, we're no. not crowdsourcing. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. It's interesting, but it's going to all go up in smoke if something oh, amazing doesn't gosh. happen in two weeks. The <laughs> film industry is so... That's how, scary stuff. How yeah. are you planning to fund your film? I have not thought about that. That's another thing to give me writer's block. Right, oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I'm just not thinking about it now. I'm just thinking right. about well, being creative. Everyone who's listening, think about their, these guys' films getting funded so they don't have to. Just send... Positive thoughts, because that works, right? Uh, vibes. Totally. Positive vibes, yeah. That's legal currency at Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's not enough vibes. Not enough good vibes. <laughs> take, take a hike. Give me back that oatmeal. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, if you're going to Burning Man, sorry for shitting on it. Enjoy it. Um, please get uh, your emails in. Set, record something for us. And I apologize for the technical difficulties. Time Warner was not kind to us. Uh, this episode not brought to you by Time Warner Cable. <laughs> and um, Giselle, thank you for coming in. We would love to have you back uh, whenever you want. So Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Thanks, guys. Okay. We'll see you again. We will see you next Tuesday. Hit that has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.